The Alleyman Podcast, Episode 8, Taking Inventory. And on this podcast, we delve into the mysteries of urban legends and folklore in the modern world. Today, I was going to be continuing the discussion of the Aliman myth with an interview with someone who claims to have been a host for the, the Aliman spirit, but it would appear they are not particularly available today or this week, so I will have to delay that interview for next week. That being said, I think I have had space to do some reflecting on what Fred Pennyland asked me on his show last week and what what Kaylee was saying to me last time. This week, I went back over my episodes on the Aliman myth and I have seen... Well, I have seen places where I was dismissive. I saw spaces where I questioned things in a way that now makes me question what my role even is in the discussion. As a researcher and, well, as an authority of some kind in the field, I can't help but wonder if that places academia in a position of control in a way that is not conducive to the very myths I explore. When I discuss religion in the classroom, it is in a very particular form. When I discuss the methodologies in which myth, legend, gossip, or indeed, general information spreads in the classroom, it is in a form that I can be an expert on. I still believe truly and deeply that what I teach in the classroom is worth hearing and learning from. I am starting to doubt, however, what I do on this show. Myth itself is a communal creative endeavor. By choosing what stories to share here and which to ignore, I am taking part in the creation of that myth in a way that I claimed I was not doing in the past. I am becoming a publishing house of mythology, putting my stamp of approval on stories that I decided worthy of being disseminated to the masses. By virtue of doing that, I am unintentionally deciding that stories I ignore or don't even mention are false. Someone has also pointed out that in having awareness for stereotypical and problematic ideas of homelessness in mind, when I dismiss some stories, I'm... what did they say? I'm virtuously ignoring real stories to only ever present stories in which homelessness is depicted in a positive way. I believe what they are saying is... Sometimes, in an effort to depict people beyond their stereotypes, we as a culture place them on a pedestal instead. We create a truly wholesome or honorable depiction of them to share and we avoid ever showing them in a negative light. 
So first, I want to address this. I do make decisions to not share stories that target homelessness as a disease or especially stories that speak of it in that way. More specifically, the stories that talk about people who are homeless as being a disease or, or horrible or disgusting or beneath contempt. Those are the stories I ignore and I believe I do so intentionally and with good purpose. I will not use my platform to demean people whose only seeming sin is being without in the eyes of those who have. I am learning to make a number of concessions with what I am doing in this field, but I will never platform stories that demonize minorities of race or sexual preference or economic means or religion or... or there seems to be many facets of identity that we must be explicit with uh, these days. <laughs> but I think that's good and, and, and fair to be egalitarian with the many pieces that make humanity what it is. So, I want to reiterate that I will never platform and support views or stories that are given in bad faith to demonize any facet of identity or existence in this world, with, I suppose, the exception of demonizing the very bigotry itself. That should always be allowed. I say this in preparation for this, but uh, Fred Penniland was right. The Aliman myth has been explored. I want to explore final ideas of what the myth is, what it means for us as a culture. Why have so many of the stories centered the homeless as the Aliman? What is the myth of the magical Negro, the wise mummy, the one who exists in your life to save you from your own choices, to grant wisdom when you need it most? What does it say in a modern sense that we want it from the urban landscape and why do we want to be told what to do by strangers? These are questions I ask all of you to consider as you record your own Aliman stories, as you record your thoughts and final questions for my final podcast on the topic. Yes, you heard that correctly. I would like you, at least in recording, to join my final episode on the topic. Today is the 11th. On the 18th, I will be attending a local anthropologist conference, so I will not be putting out an episode that day. On the 25th, I will be interviewing our supposed Aliman. So, I would like to make my final episode on the Aliman myth, the 1st of April. <laughs> the April Fool's Day. A very fitting day to approach the myth with absolute open arms. Or a great day to be pranked. Yes, so this is the official announcement. I will be taking people's stories, thoughts and questions as recordings to include in the final episode of Covering the Aliman Myth. Please record yourself asking or sharing and get it to my email. profokoye at modernmyth.live by let's say the 27th of March. Then I can sift through and make some choices for time constraints and plan accordingly for that final episode. 
Fred Pennyland will, of course, join me in saying goodbye to the topic for good, whether or not he knows it just yet. And I should say, now that I see this on the calendar, uh, yes, I, I suppose it's only fair. The first episode of Seven Dane Asmund's fictional podcast about the Aliman story is in fact releasing next week, on the 18th. I suppose if you do not get an episode from me that week, it's only fair that I give a shout-out for his show in my stead. He claims it will be a radio drama about the Aliman, so he, he certainly turned that stretch goal around into a podcast rather quickly. I'm sure it will be an interesting experience. Perhaps now is the time and the space to discuss the myth in a more distant sense. I have been accused more than once of asking questions I do not begin to answer myself. I think the myth talks deeply to our longing for belonging in a cityscape where many, especially in this modern day of quarantine and isolation, feel displaced, especially for those like me who have conditions that make the pandemic more isolating than ever. We as an American people in particular have felt so disconnected. Many have sought new modes of earning, jobs, sources of income. Many have sought out new identities. I speak of this in a broad sense, but I have heard now, especially from the LGBT um, QIA plus community, that now has been a space for transitioning or gender experimentation because it is not yet in the public eye for many people. For still many others, they have existed in this space in the public eye the whole time, working jobs that have been viewed as essential, that must be done in public, and their experience with who they see or how many people they see has been so strange and at times othering. I think this myth invites fantasy and wonder to the urban landscape. As many of the best do, but in a way that makes us the main characters of our stories in a unique way. The Aliman suggests that around the corner we can find meaning, we can be told pointed wisdom, and indeed, the more I've suggested this traveling spirit of, of a be performance, I have seen this in the stories people have written and sent me explicitly fictitious accounts or otherwise. In so many cases, we long to be told what to do, or what we can be, or what our relationships with the world and other people are, not because we do not want to self-reflect, but because as a social species, we want to hear other people's opinions of us, so long as they match what we hope we are, at least. I, I have had a chance to talk to many fortune tellers and professional tarot readers covering this topic and they say that this is often the case. People long to be recognized more than anything. Receiving a tarot reading or a horoscope that points out that we face hard struggles and, and persevere or that we are especially kind and observant 
validates things that, that we do that we feel no one sees. Even though many of those more general readings and horoscopes actually fit any number of people, because at our core, most people do many things for others that go unnoticed or persevere through struggles most people don't know we face. That is, generally speaking, the human condition, the experience of being alive. But wanting to receive and enjoying receiving, kind words that acknowledge what we do and accomplish, that is also just the experience of being a human being in a social world. And this matches the Aliman story deeply. We all want wonder and fantasy and supernatural experiences so long as they are affirming or on the verge of letting us in on a strange world that thrives under the surface. I saw this a lot with the Moth Children discussion before this topic. The idea of modern vampires living among us, being extremely present and modern and urban. This is a hope that there is more beneath the banality of what we've come to understand as routine. I don't think the Aliman myth is meant to other or unfairly place the onus of being supernatural on the homeless. I think it is taking a facet of urban life and adding wonder to it. It ends up creating problematic expectations or places for homelessness to exist in our own stories. But I don't believe it starts from that place. And at its absolute core, all of this is the mystique and interest in urban legends, of course. The hope for something more than we see. But most specifically, I think the Aliman is the manifestation of our personal myths our desire to be seen and appreciated, but also um, to be given help when many of us are at the stage of our lives that we don't feel we can ask for help. The hope for guidance in a professional world where most of the time we are seen as of real use to our companies or our fields of work when we are bold and don't need guidance. A secret plea for just a little hand-holding in our lives in general, when independence and standing on our own or pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps is the narrative of success and worthiness. The magical element is also of import here, but I really think we all just could use affirmation. The stories I have read and that have made me feel the most warm, felt, and understood are those where the Aliman is just a kind of shoulder for people with problems. Though I suppose there are also the stories where people get what they deserve or are faced with difficulty in the Aliman's reading. And I suppose there is a catharsis for us in that as well, knowing that justice or karma does indeed come around to those who deserve it. Another human experience there. In that way, 
I'd almost see the Aliman as the way for us to get out our secret hopes. The secret hopes of affirmations as much as of vengeance on those who made our lives more difficult. The hope that, uh, that Vicky in the office will finally be told that she's just too abrasive by a fortune teller in a way that she comes to realize she really is. Or that the nice janitor at your job gets told by the Aliman that he's loved and appreciated because you don't think people at your job do it enough. Hopes that our secret wants and other people's secret worth is recognized for better or worse. I do think that we must recognize then that placing this burden of sharing the secrets of society of affirming us or chastising us on those that society often forgets, ignores or is actively cruel towards is a strange burden to be giving. This myth is as affirming of our goodly desires to love one another and want to be loved and supported and guided as it is of our negative consideration of those on the fringe of society. <sighs> hoping that they are the ones that will comfort us when we actively legislate the legality of their continued existence is... it's troubling. And this scapegoating of who should provide for us and what they should provide for us onto those we otherwise demean, ignore or perform actions against has so many historical examples. I think that discussing the expectations of what enslaved people did for their enslavers is obvious here, but beyond this immediate topic, but it fits on many levels. More modern considerations are the ways in which women are often expected to perform emotional care or labor for men, while also being belittled for performing it, it fits. I think the expectation that professional athletes or celebrities exist just to perform for us, in a way carrying our expectations and needs for entertainment, while never being full people themselves with their own failings or their own thoughts is another. I am thinking, of course, specifically about the way black athletes are expected to perform on the field for onlookers who in private call them slurs, but are not allowed to exist as black people in support of their own black freedoms, liberties and justice without drawing the ire of those who expect only performance. And the expectation in that vein that it is up to the oppressed to do the education of their oppressors in all cases. The important societal question that this myth asks is why we expect the strange alimen, the homeless, the fringe youth who grow up on the streets to be our emotional saviors or the guide to our own lives. Why do we always expect and place the labor of these tasks on those we already expect so much of? And why do we not respect their humanity before or after that moment? Why do those who perform only exist to us when they are performing? The Aliman is a compelling myth. I think it reveals a great deal about who we are as a human race, for better or worse. 
I can't buy into the fantasy of it. I, I may not believe in it, but I believe in the heart of the myth that we truly want help, support, community in a way that embraces our feelings or limitations and helps rise us up. But it also reveals that we often fail as a people to recognize that the onus of asking for that help, letting people know what we need, is on us. We must share our needs to our loved ones to receive that kind of support. We as a people are ever-growing and taking on the emotional labor of understanding ourselves is a piece of our maturing and aging, not a failure. All of this being said, I also think that the ominous story of the sock puppet show warning a soldier of a potential betrayal in his future is just a compelling, interesting and well, fun story. The heart of creativity and storytelling on display in this myth has been unique because the nature of performance is unique. All of the things I just said are true, the good and bad of this myth. But it's also true that it is just rather cool. It is a unique space to tell a story, real or made up. It is so open to cover a variety of topics while also being locked into certain hallmarks, um, bookends that make it specifically an Aliman story. Even if it's as different as a strange play performed just for you and a tarot reading that tells you what you'll eat for breakfast tomorrow. Even though I am moving to end the topic at the start of April, I don't think I will ever truly move on from the topic as one of interest. So please, always feel free to send me more of these stories. Ah, I have rambled a fair bit. I will wrap up here. So remember, from now until the 27th of March, I am accepting your recorded voice, sharing your thoughts on the Aliman, your questions, or even your stories for the final episode, which will release on the 1st of April. Please include your name and where you are from, if you are comfortable doing so. I would love to see a bit of a survey of where you are all from and where these stories come from. So, thank you, my mythologians. I will see you on the 25th for my interview with the Aliman. So please, send in questions for that as well through the normal routes, on the Reddit, or by email. Thank you for listening. The Alleyman Podcast is a podcast produced, written, and directed by Seven Day Nasmond of Publishing Goblin LLC and licensed on a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike International License. The Alleyman character was created by Seven Dane Asmund and is based on the character created by them for the Alleyman's Tarot. I'm John Dingo and I produced the intro and bed music. Outro music produced by Seven Dane Asmund. I'm Udwak Imyang and I play Dr. Ala Okuye. 
The podcast, Modern Mythologies, and Urban Folklore are fake podcasts, produced for the purposes of this show, as are their hosts and characters. Any relation to people, real or imaginary, is a coincidence. The Urban Folk Reddit and Dr. Okoye's email, profokoye at modernmyth.live, are real and available for you to use to reach out to the character. I will read comments and emails each week for the next episode. Please like, review, and share episodes wherever you find them, and consider donating to support this and future projects at the Publishing Goblin Patreon, or follow us on all social media, all of which can be found at publishinggoblin.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>